welcome back to the Fake Punt Monthly Football Podcast, where we are now we are uh, talking about the NFL Draft. We dive into uh, statistics a lot, analytics type things, and uh, we got a two-part episode. I'm going to be going into the draft, NFL draft history, kind of position by position for the last, uh, I think it was five years I did this. And Tom is going to be doing first round of the NFL draft, the top 10 uh, mock draft. So, and uh, yes, it is five years. So back to 2016. I think that's five years, right? 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, so that didn't include this year. But uh, so for the draft history, if you guys, if anyone listened to this, our, our few listeners that we have, I like to uh, try to get the correlation between win percentage and a whole bunch of other different things. And so my little project that I had for the draft was I kind of wanted to see if there's any correlations between just uh, picking different positions and team's win percentage over the last five years. My theory was that there would not be much of a correlation because you have teams that are good picking positions and you have teams that are bad. This does not go into the sort of draft value. Doesn't I didn't really look at what round they were picked, just purely how many positions they were picked for each team and their overall win percentage for the last five years. I'll ask you this, uh, give you a little quiz, Tom. Okay. So let's, let's see here. Uh, Quarterbacks, which teams for the last five years did not select a quarterback? In the first round or in the entire draft? Uh, the entire draft. Um, I'll, I'll guess. Uh, let's see what what teams have a quarterback now that for the last five years there's, that's been pretty solid. I'll say uh, New England and Pittsburgh. Uh, it is two teams, but it's actually the uh, the Falcons and the Bucks, only teams that have not picked a quarterback in the last five years. And uh, you know those team two teams also have had kind of varying levels of success, but you know a lot of these other positions, or have uh, I, I've had some surprises come up. You know teams that have not selected a single position for five years and uh so i'll jump to the the correlations so the position that had the highest correlate or uh the highest correlation to losing in essence teams that are losing are selecting these positions is quarterback which kind of makes sense you know if you're losing you probably don't have a very good quarterback anyways that had a correlation of negative Point two, so not super strong, but you know I don't think any of these are going to be that strong because even if you're a good team, you're picking a quarterback every now and then. And the position that had the highest correlation 
to winning is uh, actually talked to Tom about this is a uh, guard. So <clears throat> not sure why that is, but it kind of seems like the better teams are really stacking up with these guards. Now that might not be early in the draft, but at some point in the draft it seems like the better teams are selecting guards. Um, as far as with the offensive line overall, center basically not much of a correlation there and tackle kind of a more of a correlation to losing but guards pretty high correlation to winning it was almost 0.3 so i'm not really sure why that is um it might be that they're not selecting a quarterback and they have to uh you know they have the ability to select some other positions so these are i'm going to go through the ones real quick that to me kind of stood out as positive or negative. They're not in the middle. So they, they correlated. So these are the ones that kind of correlated to losing at least negative 0.1 or less. So you got quarterback and tackle, defensive back, kicker and punter. So those ones kind of correlated on the negative side. And then on the positive side, ones that are 0.1 correlation or higher, you have guard, defensive end, and that's it. Hmm. Now there are others on the positive or negative, but they're you know less than uh, 0.1. So yeah. Somewhat interesting. I'm not sure why the, the good teams for the last five years are picking a lot of guards. Looks like the the Patriots, they picked up five guards. The Seahawks picked up four. Ravens picked five. Colts, four. Let's see, our Cleveland Browns, only one. They only picked up one, which I also, I noticed that uh, Austin Corbett was listed as a center. So... That might be that. That was also a little bit why, but still, that would be only two. So, and the Browns are are pretty bad on this list because this goes back to uh, before they they picked up uh, Baker Mayfield. So they had a couple really bad years before that. So yeah, that's anything stand out? Any questions that you have for that? No, it it kind of makes sense because it's such a wide sample and. You know, it's a, a wide range of, of years. I wonder about the top end of the draft or the first round. I could see there being a correlation between, I think quarterback would stand out more on the losing side. And then some other positions might bubble up um, a little bit more uh, stronger than, than with a, a, you know, a seven round sample like some things like offensive line may, or tackle, you know, those type of things. Because the draft has really become about the quarterbacks and stopping the quarterbacks or protecting the quarterback, you know, that type of that type of thing. As I'm looking to even to this year, it's pretty, uh, pretty heavily weighted on, on protecting the quarterback or getting to the quarterback or being the quarterback, at least in mind. Yeah, that was my, this was kind of the starter one I wanted to do just to get the raw kind of numbers. And then my goal for next year 
is to do this, but with a, an actual value attached. So, you know, it's not picking a quarterback in the first round being equivalent to picking one in, in the seventh round, but this is still kind of cool. And, you know, I think that some of these will probably be similar, not as far as the actual number, but will be somewhat similar overall, even if I did that, you know, running back, almost no correlation there. That's probably going to be, you know, pretty, pretty similar, um, you know, but no, it's interesting. It's interesting, um, you know, especially looking at the kicker and punter situation, that definitely correlates to being negative. And like I said before, the, the Brown, I think the Browns and the Buccaneers, just the two of them combined, I think they, those two teams have like half of the kickers drafted <laughs> in the last five years, just between those two teams. And those are some nutty franchises over the last few years. Yeah, that's just the Bucks didn't even draft a quarterback, but I think they drafted it might be two uh I think two kickers. <laughs> Let me check this. Yep, they drafted two kickers in the last five years, did not draft a quarterback. I think there was actually the Bucks kind of weird. They didn't draft a center or a guard either, but two kickers. <laughs> they just put all their eggs in the Tom Brady basket and it worked out. Well, they they've got some other positions that are per, they're pretty talented and and this like is also – so this was the year – I went back five years. So this is right after James Winston was in uh, 2015. So, you know, they they probably – they should have addressed it a little bit earlier. But, you know, Tom Brady worked out. So um, that's the draft history. Maybe not super interesting, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go to you with your top ten. Okay. See how it compares to what I've been hearing. Yeah, and it's uh, you know like I, I joked with you over text. It's it's really um, the the top three seem to be pretty consensus for the most part. I mean, there's some wavering in two and three from uh, from board to board, and, and as I look at the teams and what they need. But I mean, obviously, the number one pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't see uh, Urban Meyer wavering from that consensus number one pick. He's you know, the complete package, he's got all the tools and tangibles and all that. So there's not a whole lot of discussion there. I would be shocked. And I think the rest of the world would be shocked if they didn't take them, didn't take Trevor Lawrence. The only thing I could see them doing is if they thought a quarterback, any of the other couple that are pretty high on the board might be as good or as, or, or at least close and trying to do some type of blockbuster trade, which I would consider if I felt like I could get away with a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson, but that's it. And I think the likelihood of that is pretty small. So number one, Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville. I think that's a good way for Urban Meyer to start his career as a coach. Uh, number two is where it gets a little bit, you know, the, the, the two and three quarterback uh, looks like this, uh, the Zach Wilson's kind of becoming the consensus number two pick out of BYU. Uh, the Jets obviously need a quarterback with the whole Sam Darnold um, experiment for a couple years. I was a big Sam Darnold fan coming into uh, when he was drafted and coming into the NFL, but that clearly, or I shouldn't say clearly, I, th I still think he could be, he could be a, a, a franchise quarterback maybe um, at some point in time, or at least somebody in the second tier of quarterbacks. 
but uh, Zach Wilson goes number two to the Jets. And then um, it looks like Mac Jones is the, the other one that's going to go to um, San Francisco. I, I don't know. There's something about uh, Alabama. There's, there's two quarterback, uh, two, two college teams that I have trouble visualizing a really good quarterback, and that's Alabama and Ohio State. Um, they haven't really had a great uh, track record, especially Alabama recently. Alabama's had some Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but you got to go back to Joe Namath, Ken Stabler, and people like that. So um, it's hard for me to, to, to see Mac Jones as, I mean, he certainly looked really good in the national championship game as he carved up along with the rest of the team, Ohio State. Um, but I think he's going to end up going number three. So the top three, not a whole lot of surprises there. I did tease the, you know, the, the, the trade if, if a team thought that they could get away with with uh, with getting a lot of value back, which doesn't happen as much these days as it used to. Um, the Herschel Walker trade comes to mind as probably the last really, really blockbuster um, value trade um, that, that I can recall. And that goes back, geez, over 30 years now or 30 years. So moving into Atlanta at number four, I, I wavered on this one quite a bit. There's a couple different options for them. Um, I know they're pretty stacked at wide receiver, but I could see them taking one of the uh, top wide receivers here. Um, I think they're going to end up with uh, with the tight end at this position. And I say that um, wondering if that's going to be the case because tight end to me is typically not a top five uh, position um, in the draft, but um, the guy Pitts from Florida is pretty good. Um, I think um, that would give Atlanta quite a, a tandem or trio of, of receivers to go into 20, uh, 2021. So I'm, I'm saying they're going to take Kyle Pitts from Florida with number four. And then number five, as I was researching this, I thought it was a pretty, uh, pretty much a laydown, um, at least who I would take if I were running the Bengals because they're their eggs are in the Joe Burrow basket and they've got to protect them. So um, I, I think it's Panay Sewell out of um, Oregon, which, you know, actually most analysts did not have him going to number five. Some of them did, but I just think he's, he's the best offense or offensive tackle available and they need to really start protecting Joe Burrow um, and try to, to save him from blowing out another, another knee. So he's going number five to Cincinnati. Number six, uh, Miami, I have uh, Jamar Chase, who I think is the best. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not the only one here, the best wide receiver in the, in, in the, in the top uh, part of the draft. Um, um, good size, good, you know, just everything um, for him. So I think Miami would do well to get a, a good, a, another good wide receiver. And he would, he would make their, their offense and their team a whole lot better pretty much instantly. Um, some people have Devontae Smith, you know, as a top one. Um, the other guy from Alabama, Waddle, too. But but I think uh, Jamar Chase is going to go first of the wide receivers. And then Detroit, another offensive lineman. This one might be a little bit of a reach because most boards have him in the around 10 or 12 range. But um, Rashawn Slater. I think he is the second best offensive lineman and Detroit um, could use some uh, high, high end talent. 
on the offensive line, I think, especially a tackle. So I have him going number seven to Detroit. Carolina, I have them taking a cornerback. Another, this might be a reach, but hey, you know, I'm going, we're going to the draft to watch. So I'm going to reach on a couple of these and, and you all can call me, you know, right on here. Um, when, when I when I get these right, but um, Patrick Sertan out of Alabama to go number eight to Detroit. Um, some folks don't even have him as the number one. Many have him as number two, but uh, I like him a lot. And I, you know, I've seen him play a couple times, obviously in the national championship game. I think he's a playmaker for a long time. And then Denver, uh, another quarterback, this one, I don't know. Don't know as much about this guy. I've never seen him play. I've watched a few clips of him, but uh, the North Dakota State quarterback, Trey Lance, going number nine to Denver. Um, I could see Denver trading down and trying to land Dustin, Justin Fields or something creative like that because uh, I don't see that there's a big difference between those two. Um, so anyways, I have him going at nine to Denver and then the guy that I really like the best out of the the top part of the draft is Devontae Smith I don't know there was something about him and the way he he lit up Ohio State and and pretty much the rest of the SEC last year Um, I think he fits well for Dallas being a little bit of a uh, you know not a little bit but a playmaker that's got a little chip on his shoulder too so he'll fit in real real nice in Dallas I think and give uh, Dak Prescott a good option for a number of years. Now that they've locked him up for a, a good while, they need they need to continue to get talent around him. So, um, you know, a lot of folks have him as the third best, second best wide receiver, but I think he fits in good with uh, with Dallas. So that that's my top ten. And then as a as a bonus pick, I. I think the Browns are going at number 26. I think it's all about the defense, even though they just signed a, a pretty big defensive player in uh, Jadavian Clowney. I think they still need to uh, – there's a couple different ways they could go here. I think they could go offensive line, even though they had a very solid offensive line. I don't think it hurts to have a lot of depth there. And the defensive line as well, depth is the key to me. On the defensive line, um, we, we did make some moves to shore up the defensive line for sure, but I, I could see them potentially going there. But um, I'm, I'm thinking the linebacker, and, and this guy's this guy's slated to be in the top 15, and some have him as high as 12, 13, 14, and that's Jeremiah Wasu uh, Koromoa from Notre Dame. I think he's going to slide to number 26. That's my uh, my reach pick. But I think uh, if the Browns don't pick him, they're going to look for the, the linebacker out of Kentucky um, if, if they don't get the, the Notre Dame kid to slide that far. I don't see the Browns doing much, although, I, you know, they've got enough draft picks that if they really like somebody, they could move up a couple spots and throw a third rounder, fourth rounder in um, with their pick to get up into the you know, low 20s or high teens, potentially, if they really, really like somebody, it wouldn't shock me if they, if they did that. For example, if they really like this uh, Koromoa kid, they, they, you know, they may have to go up a couple spots to get him if he, if he slides into the, 
the late teens, early 20s. So I think that'd be cool if we did move a little bit in the draft um, just because we have some flexibility, but it would have to be for a player that they really, really, really like. Um, otherwise, they're they're probably going to stick to where they're at and then just go with uh, trying to get some uh, holes filled with the with the number of picks that they have this year, which is um, the Browns are in, a, in great shape. They've got uh, they, they made a splash in free agency and they've got a lot of picks in the draft to, you know, to, to get a couple holes filled for sure. So this is uh, mostly based on what you think will happen, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. So you think, do you think Justin Fields should be a top 10 pick, but you don't think he will? No, I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know what it is about him. I'm not high on him and it's probably because of the, I don't know. He didn't play horribly in the national championship game. They were just overmatched, right? But I don't know. It's something about Ohio State quarterbacks. I just have a hard time, <laughs> you know, visualizing him as a top-end quarterback. Although he could go in the top ten, there, there's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm, you know, I may be in the minority there, but you know, those are at least that. that that's my thoughts. Um, the one other interesting thing I'll mention about the first round is um, there may not be a running back selected in the first round. It looks like that that is very possible, which is becoming a a trend. You know, there's exceptions to that rule, but the running back position is becoming a commodity that teams teams think they can get in the second round. And then you have people like Nick Chubb, um, J.K. Dobbins that, that are kind of proven that theory to be relatively accurate. Yeah, but that's also because those guys aren't getting selected in the first round. You know, there weren't, there weren't very many selected ahead of them, you know? Yeah. Yep. But uh, if we're going off my stats, you know, the Browns, they should just keep drafting those guards. <laughs> Maybe Kevin Stefanski and uh, I forget his name. He's the, the money ball guy, but maybe he'll just crunch the numbers and say, don't with guards and defensive ends, leave it to it, the, the numbers. The, yeah. The guard thing would, it would have to be in, in the later rounds. Cause uh, I don't know that there's, it's like running backs and guards. There aren't highly ranked uh, players in, in those two positions, but I'm a believer in, in shoring up the offense and defensive line. So if they go that route with the, second round pick or third round pick I, I i don't see any any issue with that someone's gonna get hurt right marshall <laughs> someone yeah, on I, offense. I like drafting offensive linemen um i definitely think they should go defensive line though um unless they don't see anyone very good but yeah their defense was so bad last year you know um they had some guys hurt in the secondary and then their defensive line just really was not too great outside of Miles Garrett. Um, and well, here, uh, we just got Jadavion Clowney, but I think we could use a little bit more help there. The, I just pulled up the CBS Sports has them drafting defensive lineman from Alabama, Christian Barrymore. Yeah, he's ranked as the top defensive lineman. So, man, he was a, he was a freaking handful to Ohio State. He was all over the – he was in the backfield – I would love that. I would love that. That would be 
I love that pick. And I hope that I, I would rather him not, I don't like this, the trading up, you know, I'd say keep the picks, you know, roll with it. Um, you know, as far as like the top 10, I think it's pretty good. I don't, I don't know about Mac Jones. I think they probably will not, I don't know. People are saying they're not going to select him. They, I'm a little bit skeptical of him too, because which I'm, I'm skeptical of fields as well, but uh, mostly because they both so much talent around them. You know, yeah. it's Mac Jones. I think he has two wide receivers from his team projected to go in the first round. And then yeah. so many other players, like that's kind of ridiculous. You know, this guy, yeah. and <laughs> Maybe uh, you know, he, he, he didn't really look like much of an athlete and you know, so I'm sure he'll probably be a pretty good player, but you know, I don't know really how great he'll be. People, people question his ceiling. So I think that, I think the 49ers, I think that would be maybe a mistake to pick him there. But, um, but the, the Falcons is the first pick. I think that's very interesting because they can really do anything I and mean, they can do absolutely anything because they're sort of in a weird spot where they could uh, try to go for it all, you know, cause they still got Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and, you know, you could see them go into the playoffs next year. You could also see them after next year rebuilding. So they could draft a quarterback. They could trade back. They could draft pits. I think they might draft pits based on what people are saying. I don't really watch college football a whole lot, but I think tight ends definitely undervalued because if you just look at the top, the top uh, tight ends in the league, Rob Gronkowski for years and now, well, used to be Zach Ertz as well. And now it's sort of a Travis Kelsey and I can't even remember his name. Why? Whenever the players, uh, their names always, I always uh, forget them for some reason, right when I'm on this podcast, the 49ers <laughs> tight end. Um, oh, George. Uh... George Kittle, George Kittle. So those guys kind of the cream of the crop and, you know, George Kittle, like he can block well and he can pass catch really well. And so those guys, they're, they're head and shoulders above the guy below guys below him. It's kind of a big, kind of a big gap, kind of like quarterback was for quite a while. So I think, I think tight end drafting early, that might be, I think that might be a new thing to come. I think you might see the really, really big athletic tight ends. They might go kind of early because George Kittle, he's, he's, he's unstoppable. He's amazing. Yeah. And also, yeah, Devonte Smith, that guy is, uh, I don't know if the Cowboys, I think if he fell to the Cowboys, they might pick him just cause he's that good. But, uh, people are definitely wanting them to draft a defensive player cause they already have a pretty good offense. I mean, they, when they played the Browns last year, they, when Dak Prescott was still playing, they scored like 40 points or something. I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with their offense, but he's that good that they might still pick him if he's there. So, yeah, that's that's a wrap on our draft preview. So, and we're going to be at the draft on Friday. They just announced the, uh, the music that's going to be playing. It's very strange, though. The Black Pumas, I don't know who this band is, it's going to be playing also after 
It's so weird. They're not even playing before. I figured they would play before the draft or maybe during on, on the side. Apparently, they don't start until 11 o'clock. Very strange. I would be upset if I was the Black Pumas. I'd be like, hey, set me up <laughs> here now when everyone's here. <laughs> yep. And then I think we also we got the short change because the fr- the Thursday night is Kings of Leon, and I at least know them. And then Saturday is uh, Machine Gun Kelly. So you know, we got we got the night that I don't even know who these guys are. So that's I might have to go downtown anyways on Saturday CMGK. Yeah, I can't wait for Saturday. It's it's been a, a lifetime like kind of dream of mine to to just be around the draft. And, uh, you know, it's going to happen this year. So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely will be there Friday and probably Saturday as well. And I'd be there Thursday if (laughs) it wasn't so late and I had to work the next day. So, so that is it. We'll see you guys after the draft.